Radio 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 Hello We are sitting here to do an interview with uh, Dries Segers um, We, that is Bas Blaser and me, Ola Winkler and we will talk a bit about your work, Dries, welcome Mm-hmm. And um, to introduce you a bit, uh, you are a photographer, but not only that, and actually I'm not even sure if you're feeling totally fine with this term of being a photographer. You're very much in intersection of maybe different disciplines in the art world, and uh, so maybe you can say if you consider yourself a photographer and what you're actually working on, because you're busy with starting an exhibition in a few weeks. So mm-hmm. when this is sent out, it will already be running, which is mm-hmm. a bit funny, so we are in the middle of preparation. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is by far extending what I would expect to be photography. So maybe you can talk about that a bit. We have yeah. a poster here on the table, uh, which doesn't even have one image in it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what is this exhibition about? What do you feel like? Are you a photographer? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a struggle that comes, comes back uh, once in a while. Uh, but... I consider my, myself definitely as a photographer because all my work in the outcome is photography. Um, the systems that I use to um, have these results are systems that are also in um, painting or uh, drawing or uh, making sculptures. But um, it always ends up, uh, the process always ends up in being um, a result of systems that are used by a camera, um, by optics, by light, by um, yeah, looking or not looking. Or so the image making is really uh, important, uh, but the result is always photography. And maybe that's not always for a visitor or for a viewer clear that it is these kind of. Um, yeah, what photography should be, but I enjoy also um, having this trick of what it is. And for what I'm working on now, the solo show uh, no, Ho- uh, no Road to Hotel Bellevue is um, maybe the most uh, photography-ish uh, thing that I've done in the past years. Uh, it's, a, it's a show on uh, five trees. Uh, that grow in in Belgium and these trees are uh, mark trees and mark trees are certain um, species in the landscape, plants in the landscape that are planted by landowners, by governments, by uh, province um, rulers, by uh, wealthy people to mark their borders. So they borders of private areas as well as private areas, um, community areas, uh, land, um, like country areas. Um, there are specific species, or just there there are species that are um, able to yeah able to have um, a growth on their own. So it's a solitary solitary tree mostly, um, and during during the ages. Um, the landscape became more bigger and uh, there are forests uh, around, but uh, sometimes you don't see the tree anymore because it's inside the forest. 
sometimes it's on its own. Um, and the administrations um, also have to uh, take care of them, have to preserve them. And I visited five of these trees um, that are on borders of, for instance, the Netherlands and, and Flanders, um, France and, and Flanders, uh, Wallonie and Flanders, uh, some of them, uh, Brussels, Flanders. So you have like these multiple uh, administrations looking or, or taking care of these trees, but also some are destroying them by uh, cutting them in a weird way. Or you have like these, um, a tree, a linde, I don't know the English for that, but a, uh, a linde, and it's... Um, I think in French it's a tilleuil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know the term in English. Yeah, and this is a tree that is standing on the border of the um, of Brussels, um, mainly the city of uh, Molenbeek, um, Sintagata Bergen, and Dilbeek. And there's also a bar next to it uh, in the linde. Uh, I know Olaf, you you was you were there a few weeks ago on a bike tour. Yeah. <laughs> and this tree is, is um, has like um, the rules are that um, I forgot the, the community that that has this rule, but you can like put um, the uh, pumps of the riolering the. The sewage system, the sewage system uh, through the roots of the tree. But this means you kill the tree. And in the three so other you, you, towns... you can or you cannot? In one, in one community, you're allowed, um, you're allowed to do this. Okay. But of course it kills this, this tree. And um, you have these funny systems that... Yeah, um, you have co-parenting of a tree, but it's a failure of, of these communities not... Um, communicating with each other about the rules and the preservation. Sorry, to just give me a historical background, how old are these trees? When was the period and when they actually used the trees to, because we all know stories like that, yeah. to, to use trees as bordering trees mm -hmm. and also for other purposes. Mm -hmm. um, but what would be the period when they were planted, these five trees? Um, they uh, variate, uh, but mainly they have uh, source in the 17th century. So, ah, um, so they're quite, quite old, yeah. quite big. I, yeah, I, yeah. Um, like I, there is one that is um, planted in um, only the 1930s uh, during during war uh, because they were like uh, an entrance gate, like an arch, a sort of arch to enter um, from France into Belgium or Belgium into France during war. Uh, and these days, like, there is no road in between the trees anymore. There are two summer oaks. Um, and because they are on the borders of France and, and Belgium, they have, like, these, uh, both a different uh, way of how the multi-bisality, no, the, the towns are, like, cutting, cutting it. Um, so you have like this wild uh, tree, uh, this wild oak in, in standing in France. And you have like this, um, yeah, sort of cadaver, really cutted tree with like short um, branches, uh, no leaves on it in standing in Flanders. Uh, and, but they are just three meters away from each other. 
So you have this uh, species that is really, really, really funny. Would that be normal that you have two trees? Because I understood no. that normally it's one tree standing yeah. actually on the border. Yeah, it's the only one that I found um, in catalogs uh, and in uh, archives that has uh, two trees as one um, Grenzbaum, uh, mm -hmm. one, one marking tree. Yeah. yeah, one border tree. Um, but yeah, it's. And it will be in the show. Yeah. And when you. It's quite interesting because this gives us a lot of the story. There's quite a lot of narrative behind it, mm -hmm. actually. Also, some historical mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. Quite fascinating. And, but on the other hand, um, I would be fascinated to know you also brought a, an object, let's put it that way. I don't mm -hmm. know if this is directly referring to what you were just talking about. Um, how, by using photography or well, ways of producing artwork that is connected to photography, to um, reflect on these topics, to reflect on yeah. that. How, what is the step to get it into yeah. your artwork? That's a good, a really uh, interesting question because it, it focuses also on the uh, difficulties photography has um, in transferring this kind of um, content. And that's why I immediately noticed that uh, by photographing just these trees, I couldn't uh, speak about the tree itself, uh, because you just had another photograph of another object. And the work that is in the room now um, has like engravements and embossing of um, symbols. There is a lion, there is um, like dia, uh, tease, like sort of strange language that is in front Maybe, of maybe we can quickly describe this. It's yes. like a photo of, let's say, a one probably uh, by size, I would say like 60 or 40 or something like this. And uh, you have a wooden frame around the photo. The photo itself shows a tree mm -hmm. in only blue and white. So it's a black and white photograph uh, photography in, in a bluish tone. Mm -hmm. And around that you have like a, a reddish kind of uh, acajou colored frame. And yeah, which has a depth of... Which <laughs> has, it's Arcelia wood. Yeah, which is like 10 centimeters deep, let's put it that way. On the side, and on the side you have these engravements. So yeah. you really have to know that they are there, otherwise you don't see them, or at least you have to look for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there, like for instance, there is here a pole uh, in the left uh, corner of, of the frame, and there is an engravement of uh, a text, uh, Liven here, Essig dick and zuk, Vinig dick anken buk. And maybe you've translated so <laughs> it's old old Dutch um, and it's a it's a tree on the border of um, of um, Flanders and and the Netherlands. It's in the uh, Voere, um, yeah. near to Maastricht um, and like the sentence that I just um, described, it means actually, dear God, if I am looking for you, I find you at this beach. Mm -hmm. Beach is a book, it's the tree, uh, which is also really um, a really thick tree. Um, it's told that um, the name book comes from beach because they have really smooth surfaces where you can cut into the skin of the of the tree um, and by 
uh, actually in, um, embossing or, or engraving this tree. What I also do with these frames, um, by writing inside of it, it became actually the word book. Um, so I like it that there is also like beach, uh, a beach is also a tree that you can uh, that can stand on its own. The root system is strong enough to to support this tree. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the the frame is not made out of the same wood. No, never. It's a second-hand wood I bought. Um, so there is no when I bought it, there's no uh, tree harmed, let's say, or like in the in the past. But it's thirty years old. It has been a floor, um, and I reuse it uh, in this work. It's also important for me how um, I can like relate myself to the materials I use. Um, and yeah, I also with this work wanted to have these handcrafts uh, to learn them. Uh, so I made the frames also myself. I did all the uh, silk screening myself, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's a nice way of of collaborating and learning about uh, these these locations of constantly touching them. If I um, in the Five years ago, I, I went to um, just a print um, print company, and they supplied me the prints, and then the work was finished. But I find it that I have like this urge to touch um, and to um, yeah to react uh, in material. Yeah, in, in a way, I think a lot of your work, at least that what I've seen, is is somehow uh, about the materiality of the. Mm photograph or at least about material as well yeah. um, and but I'm uh, very very interesting in uh, okay so you found these trees at a certain moment where you, you mm -hmm. stumbled upon these stories and then you got interested and in how did this sort of translate itself into okay I'm gonna make a work about it and to all the way uh, the, the works you're going to show mm -hmm. in the exhibition. Mm -hmm. Can you tell a little bit more about this process and also what we're going to see in the exhibition? Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how, that I, how I started this project is actually about the term itself, Grenzbom. I thought it was a really weird term. Like, how can you have a, a border tree? What is that? Um, yeah, I know there are uh, tree borders, <laughs> and that the trees don't don't grow up that height. But I have a also a cansbom. So I found that really beautiful and poetic in in um, the language. But um, by visiting these these sites, um, I got interested in in um, building a new cartography of these. Um, locations where these five trees are. So the exhibition will be um, these five trees, but also um, hand sculptures where there are images of... Actually, it's an invisible image and the visitor uh, or the gallerist or whoever is supporting um, the gallery at that moment um, can take them off the wall and walk with them to find the right conditions of light to see an image. So it come, it will, maybe it's a bit abstract, but 
it um, it appears. So you have an image uh, attached to the wall, and by uh, by virtue of the condition in the room itself or in the space, mm -hmm. the image appears or disappears. Yeah, it can also appear on the wall, but that depends on the light situation on that specific location in the room and in the space. So um, on some days and most of the days, the image will be invisible, will be a white image without any content, without any information, unless you move it. And so what are the specific light conditions that you need in order to have? You need to have light to grow this image. Any, any kind of light, and I imagine the space is lit yeah. anyway. Yeah. The space is lit um, and there is UV light in, inside these spaces, but the works will hang um, on specific locations that it's difficult to appear, so that you have to move it, that you have to um, react with this image, that you have to touch it, that you have to um, carry it. And to, you carry it mostly outside. If okay. you go outside, then this image will here. Because you use some kind of light-sensitive chemicals yeah. to actually like put the photo, let's put it that way, mm -hmm. very simple, mm -hmm. on the surface, which yeah. is wood or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's the same wood. That and that is just, just to make it clear, because we have seen these works as far as apparently they are prototypes, it's different. We, we just talked about these kind of boxes, let's yeah. put it that way. which Big is, works. Yeah. Like, uh, rather big work that we talked about before with a wooden frame and so on. And these are rather small ones. They're as yeah. big as a hand yeah. palm, yeah. approximately. So it's different ones. But both of these appear a male in the hand, same... Actually. Yeah, a male <laughs> hand, huge hand. Uh, both of them appear in the same show or will appear in the same yeah. show. Yeah. So you And both of them are working on the same topic, which you just talked about. Yeah. So it's different kinds of um, approaches to a topic because but your question, which is still mine as well, was how do you translate, uh, let's say, a narrative or whatever, into a visual artwork or mm -hmm. object or whatever? And you chose actually for several different approaches. Yeah, like even more, there is also going to be a huge photo installation um, next to all these works. But um, to stick to these silk screen works of the trees, the five trees, and um, the, the works that are hand sculptures. These are all um, references to the locations of these trees. The hand sculptures are sort of reliquies, relics of um, things that I found on the ground next to the trees um, and how the uh, laser-cutted engravements inside the frames of the big works, the big blue trees, um, are also references to the larger location where these trees grow. And I also see them as a sort of new, uh, new cartographies of these locations. But uh, on top of that, I will install a larger photo installation of 25 posters, which um, will be... Um, a sort of radical poetic world where I'm going inside of uh, molecules, um, where I go um, on top of seeds, um, through insects, um, 
two locations of my uh, childhood um, and yeah I grew up in a forest so I also uh, photographed some trees I have um, personal memories of um, and these are also related to stories that are in the communication folder um, like the there is a big um, poster and communication folder next to the exhibition and these are also part of that uh, as well so I I tend to have um, this uh, suggestive world um, and also like a sort of um, that the space is filled with that many options you can choose from and go through or um, that things appear, that things disappear, that you can read, that you can uh, listen, uh, that you can speak, that you can watch and the yeah the growth uh, that that it's a world that can grow and grow and grow um, by how you visit the space. So, what I find interesting um, is how how these trees are sort of geographical node of contact, so to say. So they, they mark a certain border between two whatever uh, countries or municipalities. And, but also the story you told about this tree in Brussels, which uh, uh, obliges you know these three municipalities mm -hmm. to work or not work together, but at least they, they have to get into contact with one another. And then you create, um, perhaps through your interest in sort of the materiality or you know, mm -hmm. sort of the physical dimensions uh, of photography, you create objects that also allow uh, for a certain uh, um, contact or a certain, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, uh, they invite, for mm -hmm. example, the photograph to, you know, move around. Yeah. It's like an actual physical exercise or action that you have to uh, go through to, to make it visible. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a nice sort of... Um, Sort of link between the, um, the the theme of the of the show and how the show actually invites the, the audience or yeah. the public or the galleries, yeah. uh, for that matter, uh, to to come into contact and to, yeah. to talk with the with the images. Um, is that the same for the the photographs you're now describing that will be on the wall, or mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. not sure how many they are or what kind of photographs they are. Um, yeah, there. So there are twenty-five photographs, um, and they. Um, I'm just showing you the images now on a computer because they are not printed okay, yet. Okay, so let's maybe try to describe some of them. So what we see some stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we now we see like a, a, a macro view of um, of a fungi. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a really weird fungi which I have never experienced or seen before I did. So it's it a dark there. photograph and we see some what look like look to me stones. Like eggs. Egg, or eggs. Yeah, yeah. Stones, yeah. Uh, in a very dark, uh, dark environment. Yeah. yeah. It looks like looking into kind of three tubes or so or like nests or whatever. Yeah. How big yeah. is the op let's call it an object? Yeah. Uh, how big is it in real life? Uh, yeah, one millimeter. 
Oh, okay. So you have these uh, enlargements of really small worlds. Um, and because I was talking about the trees, which are like photographed in an overview, you have the total tree always. Um, I liked it to zoom in on like um, the macro and the micro worlds that could uh, surround the trees as well. Um, but you have like... And uh, these are all objects or things you found at the site of the trees you visited? No, not at all. Oh. They are like um, a sort of uh, speculative world um, to dive into. Um, and what you say, like the contact between um, or the conversation between uh, you and an object um, is also really important in these um, posters that um, they will all hang next to each other in different in three rooms so you have like three um, sequences and these sequences um, are having a conversation with with each other by being there what would um, be the size of one photo um a meter and a half on uh, 75 centimeters so so to say very simple the one millimeter big uh, object that you photograph was, yeah. is now on one meter fifty. Yeah, not yeah, hundred percent, but more or less. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like also, um, and that I think is the power of photography that that it can um, transform uh, material um, that could be visible or invisible through um, its light sensitivity and its optics and its techniques. Uh, onto another material and that that material then in the next stage can also transform itself to an enlargement um, to uh, an decreasement um, like this I like this idea of, of transformance um, in photography and I think that's why I use a lot of macro um, objectives to also achieve this there will also be like really abstract um, images in the in the form of of uh, chemical reactions I um, I did of material that is normally uh, underground that is now uh, visible for me and to take that as a photograph. So these uh, speculative worlds will um, will surround all the other works. Uh, in the exhibition and glue them as a sort of, um, yeah, imagination or... Um, you know what's really interesting is um, you're using words like speculative. I would say that 95% of all artists and all people working in a specific discipline would always avoid that word because it's uh, it seems so unclear and in your work it's very, very... Um, well, in one way it's clear, but it's also giving a certain sense of direction because when you're talking about five border trees, mm -hmm. the normal reaction would be, especially if you talk about these three municipalities working together and so on, would be like, what is your political <laughs> background to that or do you want to... But all this work seems to be non-didactic at all, including the, the poster, which is, let's say, 80% text, and I was not entirely right, there is a photo on there, but just one. <laughs> but... Um, so in general, uh, yeah, which is not a very telling photo, yeah, there's also two small <laughs> ones. Well, there's one tree that you can directly see. Yeah. But nevertheless, you have more like graphics, you have, type of, you have typography and so on. 
So what you're actually creating, I have the feeling, is not a political, um, uh, definitely not a didactic uh, phrase or direction or whatever, but you're creating worlds that are partially overlapping and they are not closing, they are opening up mm -hmm. things. And the matter of scale is uh, naturally accepted as being also open in the sense of you can have a photo of a tree, you can also have a photo of something. This is probably a photo of something which is even smaller than a millimeter, so I don't know what we see right now. It's it's like a, let's say, a textile or whatever that is mm -hmm. taking a photo of, but it can be moss or I don't know, maybe it's something natural, I don't know. So the scale is not important. Important is that you, you work with overlapping of visuals. And now that's new for me because I know your work since a few years and it was always visuals, but now it's getting more and more into objects. Yeah. Nevertheless, I have a question which is totally contradicting to that. Where will the, the exhibition take place, actually? Where will you show it? Because you didn't mention that. And could that be read as an invitation to, in fact, interpret it politically or not at all? Um, the, the show, this show, uh, No Road to a Hotel Belfie, is in the MB Gallery in Antwerp. Um, that's the gallery that also represents me. So I'm playing a home uh, game and um, the political background of, of thinking about this exhibition on that location um, is of course more fluently because I'm, it's my uh, fourth show, I think, there. And um, yeah, of course you have like these topics of protecting the borders uh, constantly already. Um, definitely while we were in lockdown, um, I visited some trees that were like roadblocks uh, next to them. Um, and Antwerp has a mayor which supports these kind of ideas of borders as well. So that could be a political uh, statement, but I don't find it as, um, as important. I find it more important important to have these poetics uh, on it. Uh, three of the trees were already exhibited in Basel, which is also uh, the coming together of France, Switzerland and Germany. So the gallery was on five kilometers of these kind of Trilandepunt. And um, that was also interesting for me because I have had a tree for each country. Of course, there were Belgian trees, but that nonetheless, um, they were invited in this kind of uh, atmosphere and it was a gallery that was also uh, open 24-7. The exhibition opened at the 27th of February and uh, during the whole lockdown um, it was on also in Switzerland. Uh, they could like whenever there is a shop next to it, there is a fitness next to it, everybody that walked uh, next to the gallery always um, saw the works and some of the hand sculptures were already there as well. Nobody could touch them, but everybody could see the changes uh, because it has like different uh, seasons that the, um, that the hand sculptures were on the wall by two magnets. Um, they stick to the wall and um, whenever, uh, like now when they are in Antwerp, the situation is different. You can put those uh, hand sculptures off the wall and walk again with them. Um, I also liked liked it that they were gated, that they were um, couldn't uh, use all their um, 
like more located um, possibilities, pos- possibilities yeah. that they were like uh, sort of uh, blocked in that way. Uh, what you said about um, having this kind of um, other relationship to um, to political politics uh, politics or uh, in my work is thing I think. Uh, that I want to focus more on uh, radical po- poetry than on uh, radical protest or radical uh, theory. There is a lot of theory and a lot of philosophy and um, research done to make this work, but uh, the outcome has to be, for me, a suggestion um, and a speculation of something that could become a newer world. Um, and I think imagery and fo- especially uh, photographic imagery is able to do that because it has a relationship to the world always. And it creates... Your dream light would be wrong, but you have some images that, that's really interesting, but that would be another topic and maybe you shouldn't dig into it. But um, from my point to close it is what I like about it is that your figurative photographies become very um, abstract in a poetic sense. Mm-hmm. So if I look at the object that you brought to the interview, the kind of box shaped um, photo of a tree, Mm-hmm. The tree itself becomes a bit more abstract because it's only blue or white, and so. And on the other hand, you've shown us photos of things that can hardly be deciphered because they have like macro photography of moss, or where we thought it was stone, and then in fact it's only a millimeter big. Mm-hmm. And so this playfulness of abstract and figurative, and somehow in between it starts. That's why I say it's not green-like. It sounds a bit strange, but uh, it's in an unprecise way. Open mm-hmm. for. I have one last question. If, uh, if say in a in an imaginary world there will be no one seeing your photographs or no one seeing your artworks, would you still do these kind of investigations or these vis- visual sort of explorations or s- certain themes or? Yeah, I think the starting point is not to make the exhibition. It's to learn about these trees and to um, go and visit these uh, landscapes and to, um, by observation, transfer it into an artwork. Um, but with, like, for instance, the hand sculptures or uh, all the work I, I made, um, like fungi, which was also an act of um, disappearance and appearance, then it's really important to have this engage, engagement with a viewer. Um, but I find myself always the first viewer of my work because I see myself a collaborator with um, things that can um, appear in my work. Suddenly, suddenly there is something and I don't find myself always guilty to make this decision. Um, I have the feeling that it comes more naturally um, of the locations itself as well. So I like this idea of being the first viewer here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think just the next one, the next person seeing it is another viewer.
quite nice to to end the interview. Yes, it's another kind of this work where you have the feeling that after talking about it for 30 minutes or even more, that you only get like to the surface of it and you still mm -hmm. have the chance to dig into it. So uh, yeah, we are curious. That's an invitation. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Nice. Thank you.